On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk NFL playoffs, a little NBA, big deal, no thing, and a whole lot more. Let's go. Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. You can check us out on your favorite podcast app or tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. Check us out also on Instagram and Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk or our new Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talk Back. If you want to be a part of the show, you can hit us up, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. I am excited, excited, excited to be back with you guys uh, for another episode. I got my main man, DJ Highstar, in the virtual building yet again. What's good, bro? Good. Live from the metaverse. What's up? Listen, we out here by Fireside on Zoom because, you know, we we fancy like that. But a uh, whole lot to get into, so let's just jump straight into it, bro. I know you had an exciting weekend like I did watching all this good football. So let's let's just jump straight in there. What you say? Yeah, it sounds sounds like a plan. Oh, if I can get the sounder to sound. There we go. In an amazing slate of divisional round games, we had the Bills fall to the Chiefs 36-42 in overtime. Also on Sunday, we had the Rams taking care of business against the Buccaneers. Almost had an Atlanta situation, but they held them off 30-27. to Now on Saturday, we had some good games with the 49ers beating the Packers by a field goal, 13-10. And the Bengals taking care of business against the Titans, 19-16. Bro, it was a whole bunch of good football that was going on this weekend, bro. Uh, of the four games that we had, which one was your favorite? And, and what, what, what did you just love about it? Yeah, uh, my favorite game had to be the Chiefs game just because that was my only pick that that hit for this weekend. And I'll go ahead and kind of address the elephant in the room <clears throat> and and say this, bro. You don't got to talk so hard because all you did was even it up with me from the week before. But also, I'll take honestly, I'll take those losses any day of the week if it's gonna provide me with that good of football. So with the wins or the losses. The thing that I pulled away or took away from all of it is my team was still at home. I'm still on the couch watching from my perspective. And I'm just glad that I got to witness such great football being played uh, with all four games, honestly. I, I agree, man. It was it was definitely a sight to behold. If I had to pick uh, one of the games that I think I enjoyed the most by far, it was probably one of my favorite playoff football games to watch that didn't include one of my teams. Uh, was the Chiefs-Bills game, man. Um I don't even know where to start. Uh, it was it's slow game starting, but then it's kind of definitely picked up with I think it was twenty five points scored in the last two minutes and thirteen seconds of uh, gameplay. I th- right, and I think that I may have mentioned uh, in the week prior that it's going to be a shootout. So I kind of hold my my hat on that as well. But I think uh, I did kind of forecast that offensive explosion. Yeah, definitely. Now the defenses, I gotta give them tip my hat to them. They played a lot of some good ball throughout a lot of the game, just up until 
like I said, that last two minutes or so, and definitely in overtime, man, it just seemed like there wasn't nothing they could do to stop that Chiefs offense, man. Exactly. How much more do you want out of your defense and stuff like that whenever they, you know what I'm saying, giving it all for the four quarters? Now, there was some time um, late in the fourth quarter. Let's let's just jump to the end with the 13 seconds left. Um, coaching definitely cost the Buffalo Bills in that instance and in that situation. As far as I'm concerned, with the with 13 seconds left, I want I don't even want him to have that. I understand that typically 17 seconds is that that magical number for a lot of teams, but um, I think it was a wrong decision to kick off completely with that 13 seconds rather than trying to bleed some of the clock. Now I've heard um, some some different opinions. Some saying, "Oh well, they didn't. They would rather him go to 75 yards than to try to give him a shorter field or anything like that." But at the end of the day, Pat Mahomes, and then even when they did, it was the way that they schemed against them, um, giving up the middle of the field. They still had three timeouts left. I, I don't understand, right. it, bro. Where, where were you with the decision? Well, on the kick, I want you to be a little bit more specific for the audience. So you're saying like. You would have preferred a squib kick versus a regular standard kickoff, in other words. Absolutely. Play some flat alignment okay. and, and kick it squib to, to run some of that time off. Um, I know in college you can fair catch it in, in that instance and still not take any of the time off. But in the pros, if it's out there, you got to field it and you got to go for it. Um, and, and, and that would have taken at least three to four seconds off directly right there. So um, yeah. it just, it just um, you know, 2020 hindsight. But in, me, in my opinion, right. you got to run into that point. And then um, also, it's just a, it's just a Herculean effort from both quarterbacks, honestly. And you see that evident at, in the post game. Mm-hmm. Whenever Pat uh, Pat Mahomes really threw down his helmet like a like a little kid or something like that, and ran to find Josh Allen, just as a to give him that tip of sportsmanship that you know we all in the same fraternity. I'm sure that he's probably mentioned you know we always think about what they're talking about whenever they see each other and and, and and or when coaches see each other and give each other a handshake and i'm sure that it was along the lines of we'll see you again you know pretty much giving him his 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 flowers and stuff like that and like i said telling them hey this ain't the last time that we're going to meet up in a in a playoff or in the postseason like this you know what i'm saying something along those lines i'm pretty sure i'm willing to bet that pat mahomes said to josh allen but just a Herculean effort from both quarterbacks, honestly. And 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 we got to give the skill players credit as well. I, see, I saw a lot of, the, um, as the game got tighter at the end and stuff like that, Edward Tolaire holding the ball high and tight. Um, a lot of the receivers and stuff like that or the tight ends making some huge catches and protecting the football. And the ball security was paramount um, over anything. So just tip my hat to those guys for executing at such a high level with all of the lights on them and, and being in prime time, how they was. Yeah. And, 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 and that was the same could be said on both sides of the ball um, for them to have had that, that shootout that they did have and not one turnover on either side of the ball was just amazing. Um, And to catch the four touchdown catch um, by Mm. the the bills receiver, um, not Davis. I forget his name right now. Name slips my mind. Uh, but he he was just oh, it's like how does you this guy keep getting over Gabriel Davis? It was Davis, um, and just lit it up, man. Just so the ball security there, the big clutch catches, um, even the move that Davis did. I want to say on his third or fourth touchdown, where he was running and he gave the fake like he was getting ready to run out, and the, the DB just fell down and beautiful wide open pass in the end zone, man. Like. 
everybody was playing some amazing skill offense on, on this game. Hill. Oh, disrespectful, bruh. <laughs> Throwing up them deuces when you're not even past this dude. Like, this dude is in front of you. And granted, yeah, you got a blocker, but you're confident that, oh, no, my speed is going to allow my blocker to be able to block him. So let me go ahead and throw them deuces at him real quick. I'm I'm, I'm honestly surprised that they didn't throw a flag in that situation. I've, I've personally been on a football field and uh, whether it's been special teams or just been playing like safety or, or cornerback and had a pursuit route on a receiver or a skills player that knew that he was faster than me mm -hmm. and thinking that I had that <laughs> angle and finding out that I have much more field to cover than I thought that I originally did or that this guy is just faster than what the, the field dimensions are. And so I know the feeling and the fact that Tyreek knew kind of, like you said, looking at the guy uh, with, with him being in front of him and throwing him the deuces before he passes him. I mean, it doesn't get no, it doesn't get no, no more confident than that. In some situation, it just seems like you gotta, gotta, Oh, my hammy. Oh, my ankle. Oh, something that's injured. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, man. Yeah. Listen, that, and that is world-class talent. Listen, world class speed. 429. Uh, I, oh, I can remember a cat that I played high school football with, and he was an amazing basketball star. Uh, I say star, but basketball player in high school as well. Um, my boy Mikey Grant, man. Um, shout out to the noobs. But Mikey had 4'4 four, four speed in high school, and I remember watching him run, and DBs would come and he would shake one. And by the time the second one even realized that the first one didn't get the, the tackle, Mikey's 20 yards up the field, man. And so it's like, I've seen 4-4 four, four speed in real life. And to think 4-2-9 is even like a second plus faster. Man, oh, man. Tyreek Hill is a different type of animal. Um, but like you said, great offensive uh, skills player all the way around. Great quarterback play. Surprisingly, the AFC has got some young guns that really can look to be the, the face of the league moving forward. Another such talent is um, Mr. Uh, I started to say Jamar Chase. Like he's the... Uh, <laughs> out there in the Bengals, man, with their quarterback, Mr. Jo Joe Burrows, Mr. McCulley Culkin himself, that dude has grit, um, and he definitely has it as well. Uh, and the 1916 mm -hmm. win over the Titans, who, who with Derrick Henry back, a lot of people were kind of looking at as the favorite, uh, except for your boy, who said it was going to be the Cincinnati Bengals and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I said it before the playoffs, but that's neither here nor there. I'm working exactly, on exactly, bro, because you want to play. You're one play away from being wrong. So, but I wasn't though. I know. It's, I know. As, I agree. as as they consist, consistently have said through the years with the league, it's a league of a game of inches. And hey, we got it through. But anyhow, Joe Burrow looks the part to be the next face, and I'm 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 riding with him. I mean, similar to my Tampa Bay pick where I, 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 my head thought different, but my heart wanted to go with it. I'm riding with Joe Burrow, even just the, the culture that he's trying to establish. It reminds me of a young Cam Newton in Charlotte where it was like, oh, the Panthers, that's my second team. And, oh, the little old Panthers and how we were an afterthought in a lot of people's minds. And during his heyday, he changed the perspective and changed the narrative of what the Panthers look like in the city of Charlotte. And I really feel like Joe Burrow has that opportunity to not just change the perspective in Cincinnati, but really across the league and change a lot of minds and win some football games. I, I definitely agree. Um, the Jamar Chase thing is, is huge as far as having his mans there. But if you look from, from his national championship game, 
you know, it's, it's similar to me to like a Trevor Lawrence um, and, and shout out to Trevor Lawrence. And, and it's just whenever you make that leap from the college, from college to the pros, you can use, you know, your confidence and what you did to the squads in college as a booster to help your performance, you know, regardless of the fact to help your performance uh, in the pros. And I think at the beginning of the season, nobody would have really handpicked them, let alone handpicked them to win a division. A lot of people wouldn't have picked mm -hmm. that, but um, to be one of the last four teams standing. Um, and again, it just comes from him and Jamar Chase's confidence. Of course, great coaching over there as well. Uh, great defense and special teams as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, Joe Burrow's the, the real deal. I mean, we, we had some fun in our group chat a little bit this weekend and I was saying, you know, forget or bump all of the Joes and stuff like that. Cause you know, we had the, the way, not the wager on the line, but we had our picks in, mm -hmm. but, um, he's, he's, I'll say he's made me a believer, if you will. Um, like he's, he's the, like I said, he's the real deal. And it's been something that you alluded to has been a, a passing of the torch of sorts with this postseason where a lot of these younger guys kind of just took the torch and, and told and put, put the league on notice. Like, Hey, we here. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this next week. Um, you, you, you got the finesse and the polish of what the chiefs are. Um, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that the KC was looking real KC ish and, and they put it on a clinic of what that means offensively um, last week. And I'm excited for what the Bengals are going to be able to do as well um, for a quarterback to get sacked nine times and get up and brush it off like it ain't nothing if they mess around and secure that offensive line they're gonna have some problems on their hands with the Bengals next year I'm, I'm, I'm certain of it and they've got the cap space uh, moving off into the offseason to be able to uh, add some some extra players they're again at the skill position players you got Joe Mixon you got um, Chris Evans you got Jamar Chase you got T Higgins CJ Ozama like they've got some players out there with now the cap space and the buzz Higby to say as well, yeah, uh, Tyler Boyd is out there with them. Okay, Boyd. Yeah, Higby is out in um, LA. Right. Yeah. Go but, ahead with what you were saying. But yeah, so you've got a, a good framework, and I'm not you know familiar with the contracts or anything like that. But you've got a good nucleus to build around that could really help them to be able to be substantial. You're not like in the situation of talking about Tyler Higby, the Rams who um, luckily pulled out a game with the surging back Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the Rams next year are, are they're pretty much betting on this year with all that they gave up for Matt Stafford and with a lot of aging contracts on um, their roster, this is pretty much it for them. So uh, I don't want to say pretty much it, but it doesn't look like they'll be able to come back with this exact nucleus because Odell Beckham's going to want to get paid. You've got all those defensive guys who are going to want it. You still got Aaron Donald who's, by regarded by many as the best defensive player in the league. So he's coming up for a contract in the next two years. So it's not likely that they're going to be able to do it, but they, they, they definitely handled business. And right when they were looking real Atlanta ish, it was like, we just playing y'all. Y'all go ahead home, Tom. We'll holler at you. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the Rams bucks yeah. game? Um, I mean, I got a buddy shout out to my dog, Avery, but uh, I got a dog, uh, a buddy from high school. He's always been a diehard Buccaneers fan since the mm -hmm. days of Warren Sapp, okay, Mike okay. Allstott, John Lynch, and all of that. Um, so he went down there. He's a barber down in Charleston. He went down there in uh, his in his Buccaneer garb and uh, regalia, if you will. Um, and you know, he was he was kind of live social media posting from from the game, 
So everybody had that feeling when uh when Tom Brady and the boys started to to make their comeback, and it's uh kind of um a tale of two coaches. The same way that we were talking about um the Bills and kind of how they handled the last couple of moments in their game, the mm. way that uh the way that the Rams handled the last couple moments in their game, man, and, and dialing it up for Cooper Cup like they did. Shout out to Cooper Cup. I called his number out a couple of weeks ago, but uh, shout out to Cooper Cup for, for executing, just coming through, right? Uh, the way that they they called those aggressive plays for him when they could have, again, just kind of, you know, packed it up and got ready for overtime or whatnot, um, that, that's commendable. It, it shows a lot of gut, shows a lot of grit. And, uh, you know, you got to, Listen, you gotta you gotta have the heart to 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 do that to call those plays and then and then actually run those plays. Absolutely, and and they had the guts and they they came through and pulled it out. Now, with the results on the field already in hand for these weeks, and as we look forward and look ahead into the uh, conference championship rounds, um, before we get into the picks for next week, there's some I guess off season or off the field issues that kind of arise with the result of some of these games, primarily with the divisional game between the Rams and the Bucks and the Packers and the Niners with those two storied quarterbacks losing with Tom Brady having exited and now Aaron Rodgers as well. Which of the two of those do you think is most likely back with his team next year? I'm going to say Tom Brady, uh, honestly, uh, even though again, with his age and stuff like that, it's a definitely, it's a, it's a possibility that he'll just go ahead and, and pack it up and, and call it quits. But to answer your question directly, out of those two quarterbacks, I think Aaron Rodgers in the front office's relationship is too toxic at this point to try to make it through a whole nother season of headlines, of dealing with everything. Um, you know, and and I, I, again, I'm not a betting man, but I'll say Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot of the same way. Um, I, I think. Tom will if he, if he's not with Tampa, Tom will likely just retire. But I don't see that for him, um, and so yeah, nah. I I really believe it's gonna be Tom Brady as well because Aaron Rodgers, for every reason that you mentioned, with the relationship that he's got with that front office, with with even the way that this this season ended, um, and that with them already granting him the option to be out of, out of his contract at conclusion, um, I really really see him head out see him headed out, and not just for him to come to Carolina. But, um, yeah, no, nah, I don't see him headed back to Green Bay again next year. Um, along the same lines, one other off-the-field uh, discussion that has been prompted as a result of one of the games, um, there's a lot of people with the with the way that the Chiefs and the Bills game ended. The argument comes back around anytime there's a big overtime game where one really is in, in instances where there's a lot of offensive firepower and people want to see a bigger game or see more points scored. They always get the argument started that the offensive, excuse me, that the overtime rules for the National Football League should change. Where are you standing on the argument? Should they change? Should they stay the same? Um, and if they change, what format would you like to see? Yeah, no, I, it's no format I would like to see because I don't want to see them change, honestly. Uh, I remember when it was brought to a sudden death type of vibe. And I mean, you're going to have proponents and you're going to have people that's against it regardless. And I don't like it. To me, the evidence that it shouldn't change is the fact that this argument only comes up in situations where one team is affected in these type of, you know, any type of situations. How many times are you going to see a classic like Bill's Chiefs happen? 
um, where it's a situation just like that. And people, I texted in the group chat when the game was, when the game was live, I just don't want this game to end. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so how many times are you going to have those type of situations? In other words, where you can like definitively say, Oh man, I wish that there could be, um, no losers to this. I wish both teams could have an opportunity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if ifs was a fifth, Hey, we'd all be a little bit tipsy at the bar. So I don't think that, I don't think that I just hate the argument and that is that it, that it has resurfaced mm -hmm. because it just seems like we're being prisoners at a moment. We all definitely saw the great, one of the greatest playoff games ever. And I'm, I'm calling that uh, at least one of the greatest endings to a playoff game ever. But, you know, I, I don't want to be a prisoner at the moment. The rules are the rules at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and for me, it's not so much – I agree with a lot of what you said, but I disagree with a lot of what you said. The It's not so much about the rules being come, uh, changed when it affects one person or another. Now, in situations like this where I'm reminded of why I feel the way I feel, then that's when they most often come up. So it's in these games like this. This is something that I think that the rules committee should absolutely take a look at in the offseason. Um, and if not even adopted – because a lot of people don't like the format of – the college football where they put the ball on the 25 and everybody gets a chance um, to go in or whatever, whatever. But even if it's something simple in the NFL, it's extending and giving a certain like kind of like basketball. If you added another six minute period and whatever the score is at the end of it, um, or even something like how they do the all-star game in the NBA, where you set a certain amount of points and whoever gets to that point first wins or something along the lines, anywhere like that. Um, I just am a fan of more football. Um, I understand the whole defensive, hey, well, if you can stop them, stop them. But when you're working with two masterpiece offenses like that, there's no way or no reason that we shouldn't have had an opportunity to really just add more to that game. Because, yes, it was possibly, I agree, one of the greatest playoff games, and if not football games, period, with the ending and the amount of points that were scored and at, and the way that those points were scored on both sides of the ball. Um, it was it was just beautiful football, and I would have loved to have gotten as much more of that as possible. So um, I'm a fan of the I rules mean, change. Go mm -hmm. ahead. Nah, I was just gonna say I, I I wanted you to conclude, so I wanted you to land. I didn't want to step <laughs> on your landing there. Now that's it. Um, but I, again, with this, with with us, I've gotten conditioned, bro, and programmed to the sudden death format in postseason NFL football, professional football. So. The same, like the things that we take for granted that the Chiefs did right um, are, I want to say overlooked, but those are the, you know what I'm saying? Those are the things that we don't look at it as well. You still have to, still had to execute or whatever like that. It gives you the, it gives you the thrill, if you will, of say, for instance, a walk-off home run in baseball and things like that, of it, of a thing like it's over. And, and also again, Outside of the coin toss, because yes, when that coin toss happened, I believe Buffalo called tails and it was heads or something or, or opposite. However it was, but Buffalo <laughs> made the call and they lost it. After that, you have to execute if you're Kansas City. So one fumble, one three and out, or a third down conversion that's not completed or something like that, and the ball switches sides, bro, the opportunities are still there for both teams. So I mean, I, I definitely get it. Um, and you got to forgive my frustration a little bit, bro, because I've, and it hasn't just been from our Carolina sports, uh, Carolina sports talk, talk back page, but also it has been 
just in different circles and stuff like that, where I've been hearing this conversation come up and I'm like, man, like, let's like, ah, golly, we got to <laughs> go to argue about everything. Nah, that's, this is what it is. Like, yeah, like let's, it is, we've taken so long to get used to it, bro. And, you know, we got the regular season overtime rules where things can end in a tie and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, the sudden death is what is sudden death is where it's at, man. But here's the thing, bro. You gave the argument of, well, that's the way it always been. And granted, it it has nah, been. It, it hasn't always been like that. So it's it, it, it's always that's what we've got used to what we've got used to since they've changed it. So I don't want to change it again and get used to something else. In other words, but here's what I'm saying: the sudden death has been something that has been around for common for for a common era. Um, it was recently revamped to allow. For the, for the same reason in arguing throughout the regular season that a lot of people have said, oh, well, everybody doesn't get an opportunity. It doesn't make sense for us to not get an opportunity to even get it. The compromise was if they don't score seven on the first um, play, on the first offensive possession, that they the other, other team then gets a chance to score. If they score three, then it's sudden death. But um, that one was just implemented as of 2011, if I'm not mistaken, 2010, 2011. So that part was recent. But the sudden death component of it was always there. They just tweaked it. But even with that, that's the tweak was something that we've recently gotten used to in our in, in our. And that's what lives. I'm alluding to, right? But, that's but, what I'm alluding to is the tweak. But even that was something that wasn't was put into place to allow the game to be a better quality, to be a better presentation. My thing and my statement is. Extending the overtime to a different format, even if it's just the extended time period, which I think seems to be the most logical um, option, even if it's something simple as that, it does the same thing. It enhances the game, and it's something that we would have to get used to, but it would make the game that much better. If you think about replay, there was I can remember when replay was instituted, and we'd be like, oh, man, what is this? It's slowing down the game. But now when you see it, oh, no, that's he needs to throw the challenge flag. That's now a part of the game that we've implemented and kind of assimilated into what we our viewing experience. Even the yellow lines on the field. Once upon a time, you watch football. That wasn't something there. The virtual first down line. That's just for television purposes. It's not the actual line to gain. Like, that's something that we had to get used to. I'm absolutely certain that with extra time and overtime, it would be something that we would get used to and love football that much more. Right, you can't enhance uh, that Bills Chief game anymore. <laughs> so you're telling me that if they had another three minutes, and because the whole game it's literally end at some point. Listen, what I'm telling Cliff. you, Cliff. <laughs> listen, what I'm telling you, bro. The whole game was decided by your boy calling tails instead of heads. Because it I, was not. It was not. It literally was with the way that those two offenses were literally marching down the field. The defenses were neither defense was going to be able to do anything. If anything, it would have been somebody making a play and stepping up. But they were both spent. Both coaches would seemed befuddled by what the offenses were doing. So you had the potential for, let's say, if they had another five minute period, you had a chance to watch the Bills Mafia go up and down that field and score to watch Kansas City score again. And like. It could have really gone to like what we, the last game of the regular season that we saw, where boom, 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 down to the last second. So it would have been that much more football, man. Again, I enjoyed I, it. I hear you. It was still a great game, but it could have been better had we had the opportunity to watch the Bills get another offensive possession. All right. Well, I'll put a bow tie on, on my end of the argument as well <laughs> by saying this, bro. I don't think that it was uh, determined by that 
that um, coin toss. I think that it was even more so determined by that kickoff before the game, but when there was 13 seconds 13 left. Seconds left. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that could be an argument that could be made with that as well. So, hey, so tomato, saying- tomato, I'm glad that it, 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 it causes for great discourse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not worried about it. My skin looks great. I'm good. I can't deal. Over there by the fireside with the pumpkin on the mantle. Well, listen here. You guys if out here in listening land, if you agree with me, let me know. We're going we're gonna to put a poll out on the Carolina, Carolina Sports Talk talkback page. If you believe that overtime would not have made the game better, vote that way. If you feel like it would have, vote that way. And we want to hear your responses. Or if you want to send what you feel like could be a significant upgrade to the overtime format, send us an email to cliff at carolinasportstalk.com. Net. Just before we get off the NFL, there was one coach who, I guess, after watching all of these games and seeing this high level of talent that was coming on both sides of the ball throughout the league, said, you know what? <sighs> that is enough for me. Deuces. I am out of here. And I am, of course, referencing one Mr. Sean Payton, uh, to say host of coach <laughs> of the New Orleans Saints after 16 years with the franchise is stepping away. So, of course, as we do here in true Carolina sports talk fashion. Sir, you are a great coach in the NFC South. Girl, you know we belong together. You won a whole bunch Super Bowls, just one. But you beat us more than I care to admit, and uh, we appreciate you for dipping. In your 16th season, you had a record of 152 and 89, nine and eight in the postseason. But you've come to the end of the road. There are some who say that you are leaving to try to go be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That just seems like more disappointment for you. So, Coach, I'm going to tell you, go ahead on, retire. Go get some nice studio check. Relax your nerves. And go be with your former quarterback. End of the road, bro. (laughs) Hey, you can't forget that long, well, the rich legacy of Bounty Gate. Ooh, hey. Yes, sir. Cost him, what, half a mil, ain't it? (laughs) Can't forget that. You, you bought you bought a great scandal, uh, the one of the greatest scandals other than Deflate Gate to us. And technically, he thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Now he was the head coach. I started to say technically you that gotta, was exactly. You got to take that. Yeah, now nah, that's your L. That. That's your L. Because <laughs> they got what doctor uh, first round. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And I'm gonna leave that on it because the natural, you know, music, the, the the magic of recording. But anyway, and he has one of the pro- probably gutsiest calls in a Super Bowl. For the onside kick Talk coming off in the halftime, coming back off the halftime, and actually pulling Talk it off it. and getting it, man. So uh, he 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 was a heck of a coach, man. Uh, what him and Drew Brees were able to do for a whole lot of years, and granted, age caught up with him. And uh, he, he mentioned in an article that he just uh, doesn't have the love of it right now. And so uh, he says, "Who quote? You know, we don't know. You know, who knows? We'll find out soon enough, I guess." Um, <laughs> and he just. Doesn't know Bro, it. you know what that sounds like to me. What's that? You don't want to deal with crab legs, Winston, or um, <laughs> your man. What's uh, the um, NFL's the, version of Alex Caruso, Taysom Hill? He didn't want to deal with either of them boys <laughs> this year. That's uh, the next year. That's all it sounds like, bro. Yeah, definitely. He's he mentioned that he still has a vision for doing things in football, but and maybe even coaching at some point. Some have left 
and acknowledge that as leaving the door open for that Dallas position. But I really don't see that happening. They he'd still they'd have to pay him out or pay the Saints out for him because um, they he still got two years left on that contract. So um, I, I hope he's not doing that to go to Dallas, bro. Go sit down, relax your nerves, man. Get that nice check. Talk about football and, and call it a day. Yeah, shout out to my cousin down in um he's in Tampa, but he's from New Orleans. This is mm. my cousin that introduced it's my big cousin, Emil, that introduced me to Lil Wayne. They've okay. been from New okay. Orleans. So he introduced me to Lil Wayne back in like 1999, you know, 2000, really, like when Squad Up mixtapes was out. But he posted on uh on Facebook, he said, You mean to tell me Drew retired, Sean Payton retiring? And Zion hasn't come across a poor a poor boy he ain't like. These are dark days. So you know, even <laughs> even in Sean Payton, even in Sean Payton retiring, Zion caught a stray or whatnot from my cousin. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> like Zion just chilling somewhere and eating on some uh, edit two or, or some yeah. And he's just minding his business. And you see this Facebook post, like, yo, man, what I got to do with that? That's no, but honestly, <laughs> listen, all it's done seen some better days, man. And the yeah. Davis was like, yo, I'm out of here. And that just started the the, the downfall for the city. <laughs> man, oh man. But no, we wish New Orleans. No, I don't even wish New Orleans the best. I hope they get a trash yeah, exactly. coach. I hope they get like <laughs> somebody terrible who doesn't like I hope they just turn into the Jets. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Listen, but, if you were let me ask this real quick. It's on the spot question. If you was Aaron Rodgers, you going to Carolina, or you are you going to a Christian McCaffrey list Carolina, or are you going to New Orleans? I don't know. I, <laughs> this is, <laughs> if like I got to be real about it, it depends on who the ahead. coach is, um, okay. and and what what the offense looks like because he could. That's if, a safe answer. Listen, it, it does because here's just before that, my mind was formulating on. With um, Coach Payton leaving, that gives Michael Thomas the way out. But, comma, if Aaron Rodgers comes to town, that's a big, huge, th- that's a big deal for him, uh, for Michael Thomas to want to stick around. Um, to go from catching balls, pause from, um, cri- from not Christian McCaffrey, from Drew Brees to Aaron Rodgers, man. That, that could be beautiful down there, especially with the defense that they've had. Now, every part of my fandom holds that yeah, yeah, you still hey, boys to men. Hey, relax, boys to men. We just got all kind of technical fa- uh, failings tonight. But no, nah, I, don't, I don't. I hope he doesn't, because that that's gonna be trouble for us. Can you imagine Cam seeing him twice a year, oh, and then seeing Tom Brady Tom Brady twice, twice a year? Yo, relax, <laughs> relax. But it does have the makings again, depending upon who they get as a coach. Um, that could very easily be um, trouble for us, but. Maybe it won't be as much trouble with uh, the recent hire that the Panthers were able to do on the offensive side of the ball in hiring Ben McAdoo, former coach of the New York Giants, as our new offensive coordinator. Like it, love it, or hate it, bro. Where are you with that hire? Indifferent. So I, you know, if if like I don't know, because like doesn't even count. About listen, man, <laughs> uh, I'm not getting excited about nothing, and I'm not gonna. I'm not going to be a negative Nancy and hate something outright, but I'm very indifferent about it. Great. Cool. Go ahead and give you a spiel on the big clip. Cause I, I don't, I, I've been done with the Panthers. 
I'm a loyalist. They like that meme that you see where the husband is all grumpy, but he's holding still the holding umbrella. the umbrella over his wife. Yeah, that's me right now. Right? <laughs> Look, y'all my team. I ain't gonna let y'all get wet. I just don't like y'all boy right now. Exactly. <laughs> I, I will say this. I am... Nah, bro, I'm indifferent. It is what it is. It's like, oh. Nah, that man taking my answer. <laughs> literally, I've literally got a retweet, bro. Like, Ben McAdoo, yay. I like the fact that he does have that prior head coaching experience. Um, he has a 10-year offensive coordinator. He's a coach who's been around the league. Um, I hope that he has it. But at the end of the day, I don't really care. Just show me something. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts whenever um... – like head coaches, of course, because they it's normally the fact that they that they've been fired. It's not or let go. It's not never that they're retired. And I mean it is sometimes, but more more than more than not, it's a lot of times that they're fired and then brought on as um, you know, something to contribute to a coaching staff like an OC or a DC. What's your thoughts about that? Um, going from that head coaching role than uh for lack of better terms, being the uh Indian instead of being a chief i don't i don't have a problem with it in most instances um simply because it, it happens so regularly these days that you've got yeah. play coaches like todd bowles or some of the other ones who have gotten into certain roles after their head coaching positions and gotten better it's it's a lot less work on their behalf and a lot more to be able to focus on um and so they have that op opportunity to focus on just their niche with this offense that's his thing and so he doesn't have some of these other things what made him not necessarily be a good um head coach could very well equip him to be an amazing offensive coordinator um he spent some time with some other teams and since then and so He's he's gotten a, a taste, like I said, of the league and seasoned, and so I'm hoping that he can just come in and really rein, reinvigorate this offense to be something special. Um, especially if we're able to get, like I said, some of the marquee names and talent, and start to start to build and live up to the potential that the Panthers really can. So um, that's all a lot of fans speak for. I, I will see what he does. <laughs> we don't even know for certain at this point who will be under center next year and what that's going to look like, and so. Um, it's a good first move. It, it's not a terrible move. It's not like when they signed um, – what was the quarterback they signed in the middle of the year before they signed Cam and everybody was like, who, what? Uh, but, um, yeah, it's not a move like that. It's not th anything um, that kind of uh, – Yeah, boy. Uh, was it a USC quarterback? Oh, see, now I got to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not Barkley, was it? Yeah, it, it was, was Barkley. Was Okay, from yeah, from Southern Cal. Yeah, Southern yeah, Cal yeah, 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 yeah. When they, yeah, it wasn't that or anything. So at the end of the day, I am pleased that it didn't suck, but we'll see what it looks like on gameplay on the field. So we'll pay attention to that as we move forward in this last couple of seasons. Now, right before we get off football, for real, for real, uh, let's make some pick, some picks for conference championship weekend, bro. In the AFC, let's start there. We have got the Cincinnati Bengals going to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Who you got, bro? It's going to be an awesome game. Uh, I'm going with... Uh, you need to pick. Going with Joe Montana's AFC team, the Chiefs, baby. Mm. Going with the Chiefs. <sighs> So in this still instance, bump all Joes. <laughs> in this instance, I am going to stick with my my heart in this instance because my head, similar to last week, is telling me 
that the Kansas City Chiefs are just going to be too much for anybody at this point. See, and now you need to play the Jeopardy music for yourself now. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs, even though I love the Bengals. Uh, the, the Chiefs oh, were my super- way to, <laughs> Building up the suspense for nothing over <laughs> here, guys. <laughs> now, the Chiefs were my Super Bowl pick from the beginning of the season, and I did say that this was how it was going to play out. Um, I think it's going to be another shootout. I wouldn't be surprised to see 35 points put up by both teams. Um, the defense, the, the Chiefs have the defense to be able to put a lick into Mr. Joe Burrow. But um, as the old Timex commercial says, he takes a licking and keeps on ticking. So I, I really think it'll be a fight, a dog fight. But in the end, the Chiefs are just going to be too much in advance to their straight, what, third, second straight Super Bowl. Uh, now, over in the NFC, we have got the Los Angeles Rams hosting the 49ers of San Francisco. Who you got, bro? I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams. Um, I think that they want to they do a kind of a, what Tampa Bay did last year. Super Bowl is in SoFi. They have a little bit um, more incentive to try to, to make it to the Super Bowl and stuff like that because of where it's at. So I'm going with L.A. Um, I think I'm going to go with, the, with L.A. also, but I'm afraid of this game for, for a couple of reasons. The 49ers beat the Rams twice already this season. So this is the third matchup, and we know how hard it is um, to beat a team three times in a row. Uh, the Rams have definitely started clicking on a different on different cylinders, specifically offensively, but just defensively. I think it's going to be too much with Von Miller back there, Aaron Donald, um, just some of the skill position players that they've got on that defense. Um, you've got some of the cornerbacks who are a little knocked up, but overall, I think the defense for the Rams is going to be too much for the 49ers, and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make a terrible mistake at a horrible time. Uh, and cost his team uh, a chance to advance to the Super Bowl. So, ultimately, I have got the Rams and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So, we'll come back next week uh, after these games. That also guarantees that both of us kind of have the same record with these picks. In the playoff, uh, yeah, yeah. Going into the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, and I'm not even going to ask who you like in the Super Bowl, if it's a Rams-Chiefs, because we're probably going to end up going the same way, but. Yes, we'll see. We'll get there pretty soon. It's almost Super Bowl time, you guys. And as such, it, the NBA is starting to heat up too, man. Let's talk a little bit of basketball as we get some NBA scores. Okay. Um, Monday slated games. Wasn't too many going on on Monday, January 24th, but we had the Cavaliers over my Knicks, uh, 95 to 93. At R.J. Barrett scoring 24, but Kevin Love with a double-double in that game. Uh, the Pelicans over the Pacers, 117 to 113. Devontae Graham leading all scores with 25 points in that one. Um, we had the Bulls edge out the Thunder, 110, excuse me, 111 to 110. Uh, SGA, my boy SGA out there in Oklahoma City, still putting up numbers, putting numbers on the board, had 31 points out there. And then the Suns beat the Jazz, 115 to 109. Um, in that, you had Chris Paul coming out with a double-double, 27 points, 14 assists, double-double, and one rebound shot, a triple-double out there. So those were actually the four games. We got several games going on this evening with um, with the NBA, but those are the four games from yesterday. Any of those stand out to you? Um, Honestly, yes and no. The Cavaliers look like a team that actually wants to be a good team out of nowhere, man. Absolutely. Um, even against your Knicks, I'm sorry, you know, so f- I'm sorry for your loss. But uh, the the Cavs look good. New. The Bulls, even with my guy out, they they're starting to round back in form. Um, DeMar DeRozan is he an MVP candidate for you? 
No. But let's talk about the Cavs real quick on the <laughs> sneaky tip. The Cavs sneak it, like on the sneaky tip. They've got some veterans in that locker room, and that's that. I think is playing the big difference. They've got the right core of young talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think your boy Garland, and then of course Sexton out there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then they've got the leadership um, in that locker room of of your cats like your Rondos of the world and Kevin Love and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Even Evan Mobley has been starting to round out and look pretty good um, over there with them too, man. Like, they're playing good ball. Rajon Rondo, I think, will make an amazing GM for his understanding of the game of basketball and how certain players fit into certain places. Um, His effect on every team that he is on goes unnoticed. I I hate that it didn't work out for him uh, back again in L.A., but um, I do wish him the best. He's he's another, I guess, Laker lifer, even though, you know, he started off with Baltimore, uh, Baltimore. With uh, the Boston Celtics, he he still is just that good of a player, and I, I give him that respect. Um, but yeah, the Cavs, like you said, sneaky good, twenty nine and nineteen right now. They're playing some good ball, man. You guys fall to two games under five hundred right now, but y'all still don't look as bad as my Lakers, bro. Um, I exactly. made a bold, I made a bold prediction on um, social media this week that the Los Angeles Lakers would miss the playoffs. And that was, of course, hinged upon um, not making any moves. But your boy AD comes back, and all of a sudden, we want to look like world beaters. As you mentioned, while we were recording, there are several games going on. You've got the Clippers-Wizards getting ready to go final. But the Lakers are also handling business against the Nets. We'll take a look at what the final score is um, after that game and and definitely talk about it next week. But... um, we're we, we, the teams that we're supposed to beat, we won't, and then we'll come back against the Bucks and against the Nets and against these top tier teams, and just out of nowhere, look like a basketball team all of a sudden. I, I, just the continuity and the lack of like players on. We've sung this song so many times. Doesn't need another R. Kelly remix or anything. It's just we're not a very good basketball team, no matter what illusions we may put up against these big teams. And so I'm at this point similar to how I was with the Panthers. I'm over us this season. Um, unless we're able to move Russ and do some make some magical changes before, I don't even anticipate a, a serious playoff run from that team. Yeah, uh, I don't have nothing to say. I, I thought that the the prediction was the antithesis of bold. I thought it was not a bold <laughs> prediction at all. It was <laughs> certainly a regular take. It wasn't a hot take or nothing like that. Um, but yeah, I, again, I, I feel you. I think other teams deserve to be discussed a little bit more than them. So the Suns, shout out to them. You know what I'm saying? There's other teams out there than the Lakers. Let's be real. <laughs> hey, excuse Let's me. Be oh, real. man. So, uh, so shout out to Jordan Clarkson's uh, tattoo that he recently got. Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, we were going to talk about it a little bit later, man. But um, on the, the day that the show airs, it will be cele- we will be celebrating the two-year anniversary of the untimely death of Kobe and Gianna Bryant and so many others that were lost in that day uh, during that helicopter crash. It's it's hard to believe that that was two years ago, man. Um, so as such, Jordan yeah. Clarkson got a tattoo um, of him and Kobe to um, honor and it, one of his mentors and his play, his fellow player, teammate, uh, and a legend in the game, man, Mr. Kobe Bryant. So quick moment of silence for Kobe. Shout out to my dog, man. So um, absolutely. Um, and then also, this because this is a little bit dated. One thing that you and I have started to do is uh, kind of add to the syllabus or add to the outline of the show throughout the week. Um, 
and I don't want it to get lost on anything, but, and I forget what game it was already, but Steph, did you catch Steph's uh, game winning shot? No, I the, missed the, the game. The that he hit. But I missed the game, but I saw the uh, the highlights like of it. Steph. Oh, man. Oh, you, you can Listen, talk about man. it? No, I was just, I just wanted to give the reverence to where the reverence was due. That man Wardell is a bad, bad man. Um, let me see here. Uh-oh. Oh no! You're pulling it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I was about to say. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was against uh, the Houston Rockets. But uh, mm-hmm. why you why you getting it getting it together? I said getting it up. Why are you getting it together? I um I do want to make mention of something that I saw. You talked about Clarkson and his tattoo um, that he got. Um, I watched a story that made me just think about who Kobe Bryant was to his teammates um, when he was talking about the tattoo. He he made mention of the interview. Um, where Jordan was getting interviewed after a game and was like, well, what led to your aggression coming to the, um, coming into the game? Da, da, da. He, and he just looks dead into the reporter's face and was like, well, Kobe told me I was coming to the hole like a, like a light-skinned dude, so I, I figured I'd just mm-hmm. come like a dark-skinned dude, and uh, it kind of worked out. <laughs> and everybody right. and just started specific. laughing, but oh, that's exactly mm-hmm. what Kobe meant, too. It's like, nah, go with some tenacity. You're acting like real light-skinned. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> right. And I mean, the, the play more specifically, I think he might have rose up over two players and, and dunked it. But it was one of those uh, one of those plays, that, like you said, that had nothing but aggression and Kobe Bryant written all over it. Mm-hmm. That He accelerated, got up in the air and really and flushed it down with authority or whatnot. So, Mamba style. Yeah. Um, you know, that pretty laying up and ooh, look at me switching. Hand. Nah, <sighs> yam that thing a little bit. Right. So <clears throat> with the with the buzzer beater. um, you know, and we already know that Steph has made, um, had major like uh, game ceiling mm-hmm. uh, shots Boom, and stuff like that. Dagger. Shots, right? That that have just put put it away. Even though there's been time left, this has actually been his first uh, walk off uh, buzzer beater, like literal buzzer beater. Um, they're saying uh, it was a game winning twenty foot jumper. It was at the top of the key, but again, a mid range step back. Couldn't have kind of drew it up any better. When he got the one-on-one coverage, I think the defender already knew that, you know, he was on skates and and what was about to happen. And uh, it just looked like practice for that man, yo. Once he had that opportunity and that look, that, that's all he needed. Game time. Now, Splash. We there's no mistaking that Steph Curry has innovatively changed the game of basketball, the way that it's played literally on every level, not just the NBA, but college players play a different style as, as a result of his game. High school players have begun to mimic that the, the, the range and taking the shots and practicing what was once upon a time considered a terrible shot, and to some still is, has come, become the norm. It's nothing for a high schooler to go up there and try to pull up a 25-footer like it's nothing in the 30-footer. Even younger. Exactly. like that. Those are just norms at this point. So he he is who he is with regards to changing the game. Would you consider Steph Curry a top 10 player of all time? Uh, my quick answer is yes. You okay. know, that's the quick answer. You can always think and have time to kind of list other players and stuff like that. But like you said, his, he's, he's, he's been dominant. I saw some uh, information regarding um, what he's done post injury. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing, biggest thing is that he strengthened 
his hips and his and his uh, paws, but his thighs and his hips, or if you will, or his glutes and his hips, where he's added more strength to that so that it takes off some of the pressure from his ankles, which many would consider paper ankles toward the beginning of his his career. Mm-hmm. And that has, again, made him a stronger player. I've uh, um, His inside game, as far as the, the fearlessness that he goes inside with only him and to me, him and Kyrie right now, probably the top two finishers on the inside uh, when it comes to guards. And, um, you know, and again, what he's done as far as revolutionizing and, and normalizing taking those 35 foot uh, threes and, and taking those jumpers from the logos. And even with the fact that if there's four seconds, three seconds left of any quarter, they know exactly who the ball is going to. And a defense is probably trying to put about two or three people on him to stop him. And we've seen it where he still shot that like it's a free throw shot, a half court jumper or something like that, or three quarters of the length jumper uh, like it's a like it's a regular free throw. So, yeah, uh, my quick my quick answer would be yes to that. Uh, and I never hesitate to give Wardell the credit whenever I have the opportunity to. Heard. Shout out to him, man. So, yeah, dog, like you said, it's it's a, a little bit unbelievable to know how many big shots and buzzers at the halftime and quarters and everything that he has had. But for this to be the first one, the first game ceiling uh, buzzer beater is Definitely a shout out to him. So at this point, we're going to move forward. It's time for Big Deal, No Thing. That's a big nah, deal. that ain't no thing. We're going to do a quick hits version of this today. We're going to give you some some topics, and we're going to discuss if it's a big deal or not a thing. Yeah, so starting off with Big Deal, No Thing, defending champion Naomi Osaka loses to Amanda Enesimova <laughs> in the third round of the Australia Open. Australian Open. Uh, big Deal or No Thing. First of all, Congratulations how you pulled that one out, my dog. <laughs> hey, man. You're talking pro. to the uh, eighth grade spelling bee champion, uh, Oak Brook Middle. So <laughs> shout, shout out, out to, to Oak, Oak Brook. Okay. Glad to South Carolina. The Brook, baby. Uh, for me, I'm going to have to say not a nah, thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. What'd you say on it? I agree. I'm starting off. Nah, this week that, ain't no that ain't no thing. Yeah, nah, ain't no thing. Why did you say something? For me, it, the, the champs lose often. Uh, yeah, she was a definitive champ, but um, they, they literally cannot win them all. Um, Anna Samova has been playing some really good uh, tennis. She's got this top spin that has been giving a lot of folks some fits, and so I'm not surprised by it, but um, nah, it ain't no thing for me. Like Likewise, um, I think that this generation is, again, victim. I stated it in the past and alluded to it in the past, victim of Floyd Mayweather um, and, and seeing his greatness and, and perfection. Mm-hmm. But in, in a sport like tennis, whenever you see longevity, you think about the Serena Williams of the world, the Venus Williams of the world, all of them take their lumps and, and they go through their L's or take their L's as well. Um, it's more about longevity, I think, in tennis. So, yeah, it's no thing. Um, so moving right along in our uh, Memphis Grizzly news for this week and uh, this report on white on white violence, Alex uh, Caruso, <laughs> my man AC Caruso, suffered a fractured wrist. Suffers a fractured wrist after a flagrant two foul from Grayson Allen. Big deal or no thing? Oddly enough, you may be surprised. Nah, that ain't no thing. That's All right, no I'm going to go with big deal on that one. That's right, a big deal. It's, it's terrible that Caruso got hurt. We talked about it um, throughout the week. 
how Caruso is a, a Laker lifer, man. Like I know he plays for a whole separate team, but that man's still a Laker. That's he he belonged to us. That's ours. He's ours. Um, but I say it's not a thing because that's who Grayson Allen is. Um, it's going to hurt the Bulls with him having a fractured wrist and being out. They've, they've already seen what their team looks like, even though they won um, most recently without him. Um, they know who that team is without him. But again, it's no thing because Grayson Allen is a dirty player. We've known it since he was at Duke. Uh, he gets away with it with the All-American boy face. But he's a dirty player. He is who he is. So and I, I don't know what people expect differently from him. So for me, it's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with Big Deal um, for some of those reasons. Again, Grayson Allen has shown us who he is outside of looking like a character off of Euphoria on HBO. <laughs> this guy is literally a dirty player. But at the same time, we cannot um, dismiss, you know, the Gerald Hendersons of the world, the different dirty players that come mm-hmm. from uh, one Duke. But anywho, anywho, <laughs> it's a big deal for me because, again, the – how many times do we allow this to happen or the severity of these things uh, as far as the outcome, the severity of the outcome before something else is done to Grayson Allen, whether it be fined a certain amount of money or suspended um, a game or two past the flagrant two. Um, and I think that it's, it's only a matter of time. He's the only person that plays with this Charles Oakley, Rick Mahorn type of aggression. And it's not that era right now. If he was playing in that era, he would get folded up. But uh, nevertheless, he's not. You're not Bill Lambier, bro. Just relax. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Fall back. Um, moving right along. Super Bowl halftime entertainment lineup is released, showing uh, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre as some of the uh, headliners. Um, it's been speculated that 50 may pop up. It only makes sense because of the lineup that's out there. Big deal or no thing for you. Oh, that's that's a big deal. That's a big, big, big deal. <laughs> What'd you say? All right, pause. But um, I'm gonna go with big deal as well. That's go a big deal. In 2011, the Who graced the Pepsi halftime stage for their Super Bowl halftime show, and when they got up there, we were literally like, "Who?" And it was one of the. They were like, "Yeah, yeah, no, yeah." <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. That's like no. Who right now? Who's on third? But no, it, it was trash and it was garbage and I hated it. And they've been trying to make up ever since. They realize who the primary audience of the NFL is, and I think this move coupled it was something, of course, that was put into motion by uh, Jay Z taking the role that he did with them, and it's gonna bring some money to to those those artists and likely whatever albums or tours that they're gonna kick off as a result afterwards. But it's also going to have the eyes staying on their channel, on the channel for the Super Bowl, and I, which I'm believing is what CBS this year. Um, but it's going to be able to stay there for too, too many years. Other people have been having programs and other things that have allowed some distractions and taken away because the NFL just has not had folks who people want to see, even with the J-Lo and Shakira attempt and, and it coming out trying to be sexy and all that. It's like, nah, really, bro. Let, if you're going to play music, play some music that we want to hear. Even with the attempt last year with – um. Ooh, I'm grinded by your love. What's his name? Um, the weekend, weekend bro. yeah. Even with the weekend, it was like, okay, we you tried, but a lot of his stuff we don't always rock with. But with this lineup, you got something for everybody, pretty much. And so, this is a winner, bro. This is actually a concert that I'm excited to see. Yeah, What'd absolutely, man. Um, and you said that this was rapid fire, right? Okay, anyways, <laughs> but yes, this is a big. Deal you know what? Hold on, bro. Before you go on, it's cool. 
before you go on, I'm, I'm I got I got to go ahead and give myself one, bro. Stupid! I shouldn't even gave you Stupid. the chance. I'm not gonna let you get the chance. <laughs> Why you say Anyways. it's a big deal, bro? Rapid firely. <laughs> right. Um. You call. You said something uh, important there. You said that the NFL kind of got it right or knows who to cater to, but then followed it right up with what I was gonna counter with. You know what I'm saying? I had to uh, had to step. Hold on, real quick. High star. Um. I had to step in and do my thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of people looked at my boy Ho whenever he first came in and, and did whatever he did and said, oh, he's shucking and jiving and, oh, he <laughs> wants to stand by the man. And you know what I'm saying? All of that stuff about Roger Goodell. He's and calculating, baby. Speaking, huh? He's calculating. He knew what he was doing. You feel what I'm saying? And, and now, again, to your point, a lot of the attention, a lot of the eyes are going to stay viewed on that channel. Not to mention, of course, because we know what the, we know, we know the Super Bowl is one of the biggest, longest running commercials that that's going to go on throughout the year. So those advertisers that are putting up those million dollar mm -hmm. fifteen second spots, they want to be able to say that their 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 money is well spent and see the return on their investment as well. So yeah, uh, absolutely is going to keep those eyes drawn on that or whatnot. But moving right along, uh, Robbie Gold practicing kicks while Green Bay introduces his players. Is that a big deal or no thing for you? I'm tossed on this one, but I'm going to go. That's a big deal. Gotcha. I'm going with that ain't no thing. Okay. Nah, that ain't no thing. Rapid fire. Go ahead, shoot. It, it happens all the time, but for in a playoff game and for him to be as close as he was and booting that thing like he was, there was definitely some um, some in, intentional uh, intimidation that was in play there. So it was a big deal and apparently had some effect because they won. <laughs> What'd you Listen, say on it? Great serendipity is is wonderful life poetry, as I like to call it. But it ultimately wasn't too big of a deal, or it ain't no thing to me, just because. Again, like like you uh, alluded to, it happens all the time. Now he was very very close. Like, very that very I close. I don't see how <laughs> he cleared like a lot of those guys' heads, you know, because mm -hmm. they had their tunnel lined up or whatever like that. But um. You know, they, they were preparing for for the outcome that they wanted. And at the end of the game, Jimmy G, he's heard, he's overheard telling uh, Robbie Gold, man, bump the, uh, man, bump the Packers, man. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the game. Or the whatnot. big boy talk. So shout out, to the, <laughs> shout out to the 49ers for taking that game. And they knew what it would take from the beginning of the game. They knew everybody had them counted out. And so they had that we don't care attitude. You know what I mean? We're going to make this our house today. We're going to make this our house this Sunday. All right. And moving along in our final big deal, no thing, John Stockton's season tickets were suspended from his alma mater, uh, Gonzaga, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. for pretty much just simply not masking up and not adhering to their mask uh, policy. Big deal or no thing? Nah, that ain't no thing. Not a thing awesome. at all. Awesome, yeah. I think it's no thing at all as well. <laughs> nah, that ain't no thing. Go ahead with why. John Stockton is to Gonzaga as Big Cliff is to Claflin University. He's a legend there. Hey, you. But um, I think it's not a thing because it's the rules. No matter who you are, you got to follow the rules. Um, I, as far removed as he is from the institution is fine, all that. But it's it's the rules, and it's for a reason, and it's for health and safety of the public. So, nah, there ain't no thing. Follow the rules and, and keep your stuff, bro. Awesome. Yeah, my thing about it is no thing. Um, ultimately, whenever we're, uh, how should I put this? I'm, 
again, I'm always been pro health and let's uh, practice these, um, what do you call it? Uh, social distancing and, and all these safety precautions. And really outside of mandating somebody to inject something in themselves and, and making somebody put something in themselves, there's definitely other precautions that are put out in society right now to help protect uh, the public from itself, if you will. And the masks are one of the mildest, mildest things that you can ask mm -hmm. of somebody um, outside of staying six feet away from them. And so to, for whatever reason, be against that or, or anti that, you know, it, you, you signed up, you signed up to get your ticket suspended if you ask me. Yes, sir. <laughs> One thousand. That'll wrap a big deal. No thing for this week. So at this point, it is mail time. You've got mail. Our email this week comes from Mr. David Bates, uh, Coach Bates down in Columbia, South Carolina. Says, "Hey, Cliff, man, I love to talk about how much I hate both overtime rules. College is just as dumb. Taking from taking the ball from the twenty-five going in, which is crazy to me." you basically getting rid of the big play, which a lot of teams rely on. Then after the second overtime, you can go, you can go on for points. Um, and how can the NFL allow a game be decided by a coin flip? You want to scare player safety during, you want to scare player safety during the regular season is fine, but don't deny the fans another quarter of great football because of it. I can go on and on and on. Um, Bro, David makes a lot of good points. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, I, I agree with him. I, I think that with the college rules, you maybe don't want to necessarily go uh, along with that, but I wholeheartedly agree with him that you do not want the game being uh, decided by a coin flip. Now, I know your thoughts about it, <laughs> but about the coin flip uh, aspect of it, but um, I guess from David's perspective, do you, do you think that, uh, the fans were denied another quarter or or kind of what we talked about earlier, just the chance to see more football. No, but um, David, thank you for your email, though. We definitely appreciate it. And of course, you think that David had a great email or whatever like that, because <laughs> like you said, it was echoing all of your points anyways. Now, when it comes to college, I do think that that's a little bit more defense centric uh, where it relies more on your defense stopping and enforcing some kind of offensive snafu, if you will, or, or fumble or interception or just, you know, just stopping them in general and, and holding them to three points. Um, but whenever it comes to the pros, again, it's just my, my, uh, my attitude with it is how much is enough. Um, there are plenty of opportunities throughout the four quarters where a team can point back and say, hey, we had the opportunity to make this, uh, make this play here or that play here to actually win the game. So, um, again, sudden death is what it is. It is the, um, it is, you know, the law of sport. Uh, when we look at walk-off home runs in baseball and stuff like that, whoever's got, <laughs> whoever's, and then granted, if you're playing at the bottom of an inning, that normally means that you're home in baseball, so it's not technically uh, determined by a coin flip. But, hey, it is what it is, man. It's sports at the end of the day. And, you know, if, if it's worth fifth, we'd all be at the, at the bar flirting with the ugly bartender. 
So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, David, we appreciate it, man. Thank you for your email. If you guys have something else you want to be um, want to be able to be heard, you want your perspective heard, you've got multiple ways. You can hit us up at, Carolina, at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net to be a part of the show directly or join the conversation in the Carolina Sports Talk group on Facebook. Talk back. Uh, one last thing before we go, a little bit of breaking news that came out tonight just before uh, we recorded. The Baseball Hall of Fame uh, had the opportunity to vote in some new members today. Um, and as a result, they decided to only vote in the former Red Sox star David Ortiz, uh, who was granted admittance to the hall in his first year of eligibility. Um, the, the, one of the reasons that um, it, it, it stood out a bit where there were those who feel like um, <laughs> there were some other players that should have got in, namely Mr. Barry Bonds, who is the home run um, king at this point. He slugged the most home runs. Um, some of the other ones that were snubbed were Kurt Schillings, naturally because of his um, very na- different views on certain things that a lot of people just do not like. And the fact that he speaks as freely as he does, uh, he is an overt Trump supporter and has, again, some views on transgenders and women, um, people of color, um, Jewish, like just a lot of folks who are considered minorities. And so uh, that's kept him out. And then Clemens as well, just a lot of these PEDs, uh, uh, performance enhancing drugs era people, including Mr. Alex, Alex Rodriguez in his first year. Now, the other ones, this was their 10th year, so they will not have the opportunity to be able to be voted in traditionally, but they will have some opportunities coming up in the fall with the, um, I think it's called the current events player or act or current players, something of that nature, but it's a secondary mode of being into, into the national baseball hall of fame. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think that they deserve to be in? Do you think David Ortiz deserves to be in? Um, where, where do you stand with that? I'm in the Dominican, Big Papi Ortiz. Look, shout out to David Ortiz, man. Um, Kurt Schilling, he had the bloody sock, correct? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. I think that was him. I think so, too. Uh, I'm never, so. like, honestly, outside of Manny Ramirez and Big Papi Ortiz, those are the only, and Pedro, and Pedro. And those Pedro. are the only Red Sox that I respect. All right? I'll say that with with uh, with a little bit more passion. You know what I'm saying? Um, listen, man. Shout out to A-Rod. Shout out to Barry Bonds. They had to get it how they got it. You know what I'm saying? And now the the organization that they helped build up and and propel to its multi-billion dollar status with them smacking uh, home runs out of of every baseball field in America um, is now turning their back on them. But it's all good. Um, they they, They were the fall guys. Even Roger Clemens caught up in that report and stuff like that. These guys were all the fall guys, so it's not a surprise at all to me. Um, we kind of know what we're dealing with. It's like uh, asking if I'm outraged that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. Almost, you know what I'm saying? I, mm. it's not nothing. It's not nothing new to me. Is it wasn't? It's a sad thing that it's the tenth year for somebody like Barry Bonds and his eligibility and stuff like that. I think what 2002 he was the MVP. I want to say and. Mm. He might have been out of the league, but, you know, it, it just it's, it's an ugly thing. It's an ugly thing of politics. Whenever you look at it, I, I, I can't put too much energy into that, if you will, because I'd be scratching my head all day and uh, <laughs> I'd have questions all day. So it's just nothing that surprises me. 
It's the big business of sports entertainment slash baseball. That's it. Now, I will add one other component as I literally sit here recording in my Yankees jersey. There was one other Red Sox that gets love for me, Mr. Jackie Bradley Jr. out of the University of South Carolina. He was he was nice for them in the outfield, so I got to respect it, especially now that he's gone. He may be coming back, I don't know, but uh, shout out to Jackie Bradley Jr., man. But just before we leave, I did mention earlier um, about the two-year anniversary of Kobe. Um, just as my way of kind of acknowledging um, the loss of Kobe Bryant, I have created a little bit of fan art that will be dropped on our Facebook page and on the Instagram page in lieu of any promotions for this week's episode, uh, just to honor Kobe Bryant and Gianna uh, Bryant's loss. Uh, Bruh, what's your favorite Kobe Bryant um, moment, I guess, throughout his career? Uh, It could be as number eight or 24, because he's, you know, Mm -hmm. both careers were legendary. Um, It's kind of, it, um, is the Jalen Rose day, Jalen Rose game, of course. Okay. okay. And then, um, if, for those that don't know, is when he played Toronto and dropped 81 on them. But also, um, I'd have to say just the, the pictures and stuff of him post, uh, retirement, mm-hmm. he really looked, uh, resolved in his decision to retire, even though, you know, players like that or Michael Jordan, when they leave the game, you always kind of see it in their eyes that they can always, especially at his age, right? You can right. see that he can get back on the floor at any time, but seeing what he was doing with those young women and uh, also the things that he, were doing, he was doing for the WNBA um, was just commendable. And I, those were some of my favorite candid shots of Kobe. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to mention it real quick and like you two as well, but where I was, um, or, or who I heard it from rather is our Neo Ashton. I was actually on the phone with him. He was traveling back from, I want to say Atlanta, Georgia, or traveling back from somewhere out of town. You know, Ashton is always on the road and he, um, we were in the middle of our conversation and he just, he cut me off and was asking his homeboy, like, wait, what? It was, uh, his homeboy Tez, I want to say, and he was like, what? And then he just said to me, um, yo, Kobe, you know, Kobe died. And I, I told him, you know, pretty much I was saying, stop playing. Let me get off the phone with you, bro. I can't, I can't take nothing like that today. Like I got to get off the phone with you. And, and, um, and I looked on Twitter, bro. And every trending topic, I, I think I screenshotted it to this day. It was either like RIP Mamba not Kobe, not Gianna. It was some, every trending topic was something to do with that. So, um, yeah, that's my my memories for that. Uh, you know, forever healing energy and prayers to the Bryant family uh, and rest in power, Mr. One Kobe being Bryant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, certain things, 9-11, uh, major Michael things. Michael Jackson. Michael, major things worldwide kind of stick with you. Um, my, when Michael Jackson died, when Whitney Houston died, it was a shock. But I wasn't one of the ones that was like, oh, they're going and crying. Kobe being Bryant hurt me. Um, and then for it to start off the 2020 that it did um, almost seemed poetic, man. Uh, and the world hadn't been the same since. And so uh, RIP to a legend, man. We miss you, Kobe. Uh, but like you said, rest in power, rest in, rest in peace, bro. Um, before we get out, man, anything you want to highlight to people? Uh, no, no. Y'all, uh, y'all just stay tuned into sports world, man. I'll see y'all next week and all of that there. Sound like a plan. 
Well, I appreciate you being with your boy this week. It's your man, Big Cliff, with Carolina Sports Talk. Listening on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and or our brand new Facebook group, Facebook uh, Carolina Sports Talk Talkback. And our handles are at Carolina Sports Talk. You can also hit up the show to be a part of the show, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. Until next time, peace.